0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Now, if you toast a bagel, is it toast?
2: Yes, yeah, it's a toasted bagel.
1: Yeah, but is it just toast?
2: I see what you mean, the bagel is... Well, if you overdo it, it would be toast. In the uh, colloquial sense of toast, mm. that's what you're thinking of, isn't
1: it? I, gosh, you're toast.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. Good. Well, that seems so we seem to have the levels balanced pretty well there. So, so we'll, welcome
1: to episode.
2: Well, I was going to play the Sting first, if that's all right. Yeah, so,
1: go too. ahead. So, welcome to episode
2: 23. 23. Now, this has got to be a good one this week, Ruth. And the reason being that you're away for two weeks. So, for two weeks, there will be no Ruthie, me, and my dad. I'm sure people don't want to hear me doing it on my own. So no, Ruthie, me and my dad. It's just I'm become horse. my dad. Yeah, just be my dad. And what is the point of that? And on the, uh, I'm going to join you on the second week. Because I can't afford to go away for two weeks. so uh, You should
1: have seen the side eyes you gave me then.
2: So anyway, it's Ruthie, me and my dad, and this has got to last you uh, for three weeks more. And,
1: and then keep supporting the podcast so then maybe you can get to go on both weeks of the holiday next year. Oh,
2: I'm so looking forward to that. <laughs> We've been listening in the car to Burt Bacharach uh, yes. and uh, a compilation of Burt Bacharach tracks. Yeah, the, uh, what does the it 60s. call it? The
1: ultimate the definitive
2: Bert Bacharach song book because a lot of them were written in the 60s it sort of pointed up 60s uh, sexism you were quite shocked
1: 60s sexism a lovely little alliteration there
2: indeed you were quite shocked at things like wishing and hoping which was one of the Burt Bacharach songs yeah
1: um
2: you should if you want to get a man
1: you have to wear your hair
2: wear your hair just for him
1: because if not he you won't no even chance.
2: notice you you've no chance and then there were other things that uh, bert Backrack wrote like wives and lovers although the lyrics written not by bert baccarat written by something david hal david hal David. Well, i david. almost
1: said hal david you, you know and you, then i thought you're anyway. going to
2: be such an expert on 60s music by the time but the lyric written by hal david for wives and lovers uh, is all about how you should before your husband comes home not only should you have his tea for him, you should go up and get changed into something seductive and that is wear like, makeup. But
1: I mean, I'm not I'm not anyone's wife now, but I think when I am, I will definitely want to, you know, make sure all the food is ready and that, you know, I look nice. Because I think that is why divorce rates are so high. It's because we don't...
2: You're absolutely right. Absolutely right, Ruth. So we've been talking about that... Well, uh,
1: yeah, I was just going to ask you about kind of sexism in the 60s. I know that a lot of the stuff has come out about how sexist it was recently, especially with the kind of
2: historic
1: historic sex abuse scandals and all those kind of things, and a lot of women coming forward and saying they were assaulted in the workplace and harassed and all that kind of thing. And I was wondering how much you felt like the world was sexist when you were living in it.
2: It's odd because you didn't really... It, it, was, it was sort of the norm as it was. Not sex abuse, not harassment, nothing like that. But the fact that there were sexist attitudes in songs, and I know you because you were studying about the 60s at school, which is now ancient it's history, history. <laughs> it's history, Well, there was history, and you watched uh Alfie, they gave you Mr. films, didn't they?
1: Yeah, there was Kez was on there, um, Alfie was on there, um, just a bunch of different can, films,
2: and I watched Alfie was the one you. in I'm the not...
1: oh, what's the one in the football with the football
2: football set in New Yorkshire from the 60s yeah
1: yeah and then oh no
2: you mean this sporting life this
1: sporting life that's, that's the one yeah league, yeah that rugby is great, league sorry yeah, that, is, that great, is good that I liked that one yeah well, apart w- from cares I like that one shot in Wakefield I know which is why it was especially important for us to watch yeah so that yeah, one's especially gritty that was
2: when you were at school in Wakefield you watched yeah, yeah yeah and well yeah. but the thing is because you were studying these films from the 60s and I, I can remember this sporting life being a great film I thought in my mind Alfie was a great film, and there was nothing wrong with the attitudes in it. But when you watched it again, and I, you know, I sort of watched
1: it while yeah, you were Yeah, I had to like it. make notes about things that I thought were so. Like Alfie calls all of them birds, and he refers to them as like it and them, and like not. Well, as I I not
2: that, That's what I mean about the sixties. Didn't for one minute think there was anything wrong with it particularly. Mm. But watching it now, I was quite shocked. But I'm always interested to see how other people tackle the generation gap. So I want to know, you know, because Mm -hmm. I'm trying to flog this podcast to death. It's a social experiment. And uh, interested to know that the Times did a father and daughter whole feature there. What happened when a millennial and her baby boomer father? So that's like me, that's a guy in his 60s. And it said, What happened when a millennial and her baby boomer father traded places? And I thought, Wow, looks like they've got one up, you know, because I want to make sure that we're ahead of the curve. And it's absolute nonsense. They trade places, it says. All that happens is she has an instant coffee like he drinks at home with two. Two spoonfuls of Nescafe and some uh, coffee creamer. And uh, he, so she does that. He goes out and has a, an oat milk caramel latte. And that's what they call swapping lives. Mm. It was just absolute nonsense. So we don't have to worry. We're still way ahead of the game. No,
1: I did see some people talking about it really interestingly. And um, I mean, Catelyn Moran. What, on the
2: internet? Or?
1: Yeah, and I cannot remember where it was. And I meant to write it down and I didn't. And shoot me. Um, but. <laughs> Um, Kathleen Moran has talked about her, because her daughters are a little bit younger than me, but they're about, like, 13 and 15, I think, if mm, I remember I rightly. Right. And she's spoken a little bit about that, and she puts across some really interesting things about, like, how to raise your children in a world where they have always going to have the internet and stuff. It's just interesting. And so I thought we'd talk a little bit about Kathleen Moran. Yeah. That was smooth, wasn't it? Was that not smooth? We're
2: we not asking you to deconstruct it as you go along. It was smooth until you told us how smooth it was.
1: Smooth, um, sir.
2: So yeah. Oh, you want a <laughs> uh, you want a transition? Here we go then. <laughs> Tell me about Kathleen Moran.
1: Well, she's had an interesting conversation with Charlie XEX and that was just who's Charlie X X. look, I knew we'd have to do this. She's a singer.
2: Charlie XCX, how do you Charlie spell it?
1: Charlie XCX
2: Right, so that's the name, Charlie XCX
1: Charlie without an E there, it's just C-H-A-R-L-I Oh, that's
2: understood, obviously without an E, that would be so uncool So it's Charlie <laughs> XCX
1: Yeah, and so they were having an interesting discussion about like female nudity in art and kind of about the male gaze, which I, I think is something that feminism is... Sort of tackling at the moment. It's quite a it subject.
2: The male gaze. Yeah. This is just men looking at women.
1: Yeah, but in um, sort of women being portrayed in art for men to look at. So ah, right. it, it's about. So we're not like, talking
2: about women walking down the street or building site workers uh, whistling at them. No, no, that's
1: that. like that's like catcalling. It, more of sort of. In art, women are portrayed for men to look at. Yes, sort but, uh, of thing.
2: if you're talking about women, naked women in art, you're talking about things like Rubens and those sort of... Uh, sort
1: of, um, but then kind of... the of, French,
2: Renoir... Impression. So, like,
1: I thought the most interesting thing about this was it wasn't an article or anything. It was text messages that were screenshot and put on an Instagram story. So this is just an extract of it. Charlie XCX said to Catlin Moran, would you ever pose nude for a photograph or a painting? Catelyn Moran said I've been very very firm that I'm going to be one of those kinds of women who keep their clothes on. I've spent since I was 18 being asked to do tasteful news shoots for magazines and newspapers and documentaries all of them saying things like you speak the naked truth which is why we think pictures of you being naked would be so powerful to which I would reply George Orwell managed to speak the naked truth whilst wearing trousers so I suspect I can too. I wondered whether people in I guess like the 80s So when you're a bit older Whether women were allowed to kind of pose nude For photographs and stuff like that Or whether that's kind of a really new thing For women to be on stage And be quite like Lady Gaga and Katy Perry And stuff They're always wearing like barely any clothes That's and not, I wonder a whether that...
2: not a new thing In fact that's hardly changed I, mean, I can remember going to see movies like Savage Messiah which was a Ken Russell movie uh, Helen Mirren totally naked You know mm. completely naked Helen Mir- Mirren. Helen Mirren uh, walked... Scandalous? Like, yeah, well, this is Helen Mirren when she was in her 20s. The, the film was made in uh, probably late 60s, early I 70s. I thought Helen
1: Mirren had always been, like, 65.
2: No, interesting enough, Helen Mirren was a young woman once. Who knew? She, she was a young woman when I was a young man. And, no, I did know
1: that, uh, actually, because I'd seen her on Graham Norton with Liam Neeson, because they used to date, didn't they? They used to go out and stuff. Did they? Yeah, know they know lived that. together for, like, a year and a half. Oh, did they really? Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, something I didn't know. Well... But anyway, Helen Mirren was completely naked, a long scene. In not it was a, it was quite a shocking naked scene at the time because whereas you often saw nudity in films, this was a mainstream movie and she wasn't just naked. She wore. I don't know why I remember this so clearly, but she walked down a flight of stairs and towards the camera, totally naked from totally head naked. to foot. Helen Mirren, yeah, very famous naked scene. In fact, this if you want to look at uh, sort of everyday sexism from the seventies there is an interview on the internet which is on youtube which Helen Mirren did with Michael Parkinson and he did this interview where all he was interested in was asking her about taking the clothes off and the fact that she had quite large breasts and it's quite embarrassing (laughs) So, as I've said, this is your last chance for a couple of weeks to hear Ruth's uh, Leeds accent. Your charming voice. I
1: didn't even realise I spoke. in a, I didn't, like, honestly did not think I had an accent.
2: The amount of mail and tweets I get saying they love your Leeds accent, especially from expats from Yorkshire. They love your Leeds accent. They all find it very charming. I didn't realise I had an accent. You're not going to hear it. Uh, I thought I was RP. <laughs> you're not going to hear it for a, for a fortnight. So I thought I might ask you about this. There's an actress called Olivia Cook, and there's going to be something that we're definitely going to watch. Uh, there's going to be an ITV adaptation, a big-budget ITV adaptation of Vanity Fair, uh, which I have read, actually, William Makepeace Thackeray. I have not uh, read it. Well, Is it worth reading? Very much worth reading. And she's playing the heroine Becky Sharp. Uh, Olivia Cook said that she had to go to America, she had to launch her career in America uh, because her northern accent... Not quite as charming as yours, but her northern accent... Where's she from? She's from Oldham in Greater Manchester.
1: Oh, right, so she's got a Manchester accent.
2: No, Oldham, Oldham, say. The, oh. the... Have I got the... She said because uh, her Northern accent, Oldham, uh, Oldham accent, prevented her getting big parts in the UK.
1: Really?
2: Yeah, so she's went went to America. She was in Steven Spielberg's film Ready Player One. Which yeah, really I've heard her, of it. I've
1: not I've not seen it. it. I've not seen it. I've, I wanted to,
2: but... And the black comedy Thoroughbreds, which I'm not familiar with at no, all. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Olivia mm-hmm. Cook says that if she'd stayed in the UK she would have been typecast as Maid Number Three, yeah. so she wouldn't have got the part of uh, Becky Sharp. Those I
0: just
1: yeah, I think just because like accents have so much of a cla- like a, a tying to class
0: in, in this country, in this country yeah. whereas they
1: don't so much. Also, you wouldn't if I went to America, they wouldn't be able to place me as like a northern area. No, they wouldn't. Um, and I think it's also because it's a thing that northern people of they've not done it to themselves, but I, I, you can hear these people who are from the north, and then you hear them on TV shows, and I think even perhaps members of my family are guilty of this of changing their accent when they move somewhere else
2: just to uh, protect certain members of your family uh, it does your accent does soften one you know once it you does move soften away from it, yeah no area. it does
1: but like because i'm
2: manchester you know i speak manchester
1: Sir for, yeah. is irish her accent hasn't changed
2: no but the irish accent tends to i think the irish accents are classless in a way that yeah, English yeah, accents yeah. aren't. That's where you get a lot of, you know, Celtic accents generally. That's where you get yeah, a lot Scottish
1: of, accents as well, really. Yeah, I mean.
2: Apart from Glasgow. Yeah. You get a lot of uh, Irish and Scots people who work, you know, in my business, I'm a broadcaster.
1: In my business? <laughs> you know who said something that I was like, oh, yeah, that's quite interesting actually? Skal Moffat. Geordie. Jodie, and she was on I'm a Celebrity, and she's on Gogglebox and stuff. And she was saying, you just don't hear regional accents ever on TV, and it's just quite off-putting.
2: I think you do now. You hear you do
1: now. You hear the, uh, You don't hear them in piece of acting though in drama. I think you, you don't hear so them much in drama. You, you hear them in news, and you hear them on reality TV.
2: And Keith Lemon.
1: Obviously, Keith Lemon. Um, you
2: realise you're the second most famous person with a Leeds accent after Keith Lemon.
1: <laughs> what a Mel B.
2: Oh, a Mel B. Do your impersonation, Mel B. Again.
1: My Mel B. impersonation. is just my voice. But yeah, I'm... go on then. Hello, I'm Mel B. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> no, um, oh, I had something
2: to say. Let's I'm move wrong. on to another topic, should we? Oh, I was. Oh, um, no, that this accents. is good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, if it's good.
1: No, it's not really that good. I was just going to say, and even when they do uh, this Olivia Cook girl, I bet she found it frustrating that even when there were characters who were Northern, like the character that Anne Hathaway plays in One Day, (laughs) they get Americans to play them who can't even do the accent. Do
2: you know I think it's almost like a badge of honour with American uh, actors and actresses to play English.
1: Yeah, but that wasn't even English. That was such a specific English accent, and she just... She almost she d- got
2: it in parts.
1: In in parts, she, it was almost okay, but it was the fact that it's important to that character that she's yeah. from Leeds and because she's northern and she's not as posh as him. Do you know America. what I might do?
2: I might ask my personal oh. friend David Nichols if he objected to Anne Hathaway in the movie because I suspect.
1: When he says personal friends, he means they're friends on Facebook.
2: I, I suspect David Nichols would have been happy to have some, and there are a lot of lots of actresses with the uh, Leeds accents. You know, all yeah. the actresses from the Leeds Playhouse and places, and Maxine Peake. But to flog, but he was yeah. probably even happier when they put Anne Hathaway in, became a bigger movie, and he got. I
1: get that. The money I do get it. it. Like I understand that you need someone who's famous to sell a show, and like it really does help. <laughs>
2: Uh, we'll do another topic now. Just, uh, I'll just do a couple of the emails, and we have got loads. If you do want to uh, email us, it's well. No, I do like the loads. interaction.
1: No, but it was. We have got loads. We've got like fifteen, maybe, maybe altogether.
2: But, altogether, but bless you for sending them. No, that's that, mark my words. That's loads. I did mention that I was a broadcaster, and uh, in this day and age, who sits down and writes an email? Mm-hmm. You've got text. You've got Snapchat. You have got WhatsApp. You've got tweets. You've got Facebook messages. You've got all that. These people, and bless them, have sat down and written us a email. So if you do want to email us, and you know we are appreciative of it, you you are mocking me for not being appreciative, just sending one-word replies. You're the one that's not appreciative. So sit in the corner for five minutes.
1: <laughs> well yeah. Well, uh,
2: it's if you do want to send us an email and we do appre- I do appreciate I it. I
1: appreciate it too. I've it's, been replying. Yes you have, have. Uh, in fairness.
2: Uh Ruth podcast at gmail.com. So it's Martin and Ruth podcast at gmail.com which is the address to which neil Vicker has kindly uh, written uh, we were asking you, we were talking catchphrases last week very important oh, a lot you, of
1: people have made me aware yes. that it's not my catchphrase you're,
2: you wanted your new catchphrase to be
1: you're not wrong there
2: but unfortunately uh, it was in an alan partridge show. i mean, you may have and it, it's actually before your time so i've
1: not heard that no. i've just
2: because you're not really that familiar with alan partridge are no are you? i've, I've i didn't even
1: know he was was alan partridge to be honest i thought alan partridge and steve coogan were separate people no Uh, it's a
2: character played by uh, steve coogan and he did a show called knowing me knowing you on the tv and he had uh, a guest it was like a spoof chat show Had a guest called keith hunt played by patrick marber and keith hunt in this show said am i right and all the audience said you're not wrong so you've stolen somebody else's catchphrase. Thank you, Neil Vicker, for pointing that out to us. However, Alan Holford in the emails has raised another interesting topic. This is the guy you replied to, because you were talking about drugs last week and you were saying, yes, we, we both agreed on legalising cannabis, but you said more serious drugs ought to be still illegal. And he says, I do disagree with Ruth regarding not legalising all recreational drugs, as some of them are very dangerous, you said. All the evidence suggests this is exactly why you should legalise them, because of the, the danger of them. When the purity and access to dosage can be controlled by government, perhaps with purchase access being allowed via a special ID card, etc., that would make them safer. He, he says, as a vet, uh, we use methadone daily in old patients. And I mean, it doesn't mean the owners, he means the actual. Yeah, yeah, he just he's just
1: puts down, like him, with Harold Wilson. Was he the one who put down old people?
2: Harold, no, Harold Shipman. Harold Shipman. <laughs> it's a good job we're doing this podcast because you're learning all <laughs> sorts Wilson of... Harold
1: Wilson was the Prime Minister, wasn't he? Harold
2: Wilson was the Prime Minister. Born in Huddersfield, MP for height Prime Minister in the 1960s was... Um, There's
1: a statue of him outside Huddersfield, Huddersfield train station. Yes, there is, that's right. Yeah. Harold uh, Shipman put down put old people. Put down
2: old people. Alan Holford, who sent us an email... Doesn't put down old people, at least certainly not. Maybe he's not. Not, he's not. He doesn't actually
1: specify. No, he doesn't,
2: and he does have the drugs that could do that. He says, as a vet, we use methadone daily in old patients, i.e. old pets, and we do so safely, he says. Uh, the safety margin is still wide, and the, I think his main point is that if these dangerous drugs were legalised...
1: You could control the drugs for, uh, by with dosage and stuff, which is kind of a similar vein as to helping people with heroin addictions by giving yeah. them clean needles
2: he's right that it, it would reduce crimes it would re- reduce things like people trafficking. probably
1: but you don't actually know that like i think you do there's not
2: so much crime is heroin based but,
1: but then would you legalize all drugs i just
2: i think so i think so you know i mean they would have. To, but it's not going to happen because nobody in parliament dare say it it's a driving force behind criminals wanting to co-opt others into gangs. Yeah,
1: with and the gangsters. Yeah,
2: and we're seeing this thing now, country lines have you seen that, where they're getting youngsters to go out into county uh, towns yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and do that um, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and also that you spend so much... Police officers have to spend mm. so much time with drug-related crime. Um, but then he says the stuff about... Purchase being allowed via a special ID card with retinal scan, stroke fingerprint at chemist. I hate the idea of anything that do- has a universal system of ID cards or fingerprints. Just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Well, I think that's because if you've seen, if you've read the Handmaid's Tale.
2: Well, I know dystopian fiction, there's all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but Uh, in The Handmaid's
1: Tale, that's how they get them because then they can control your money and what you have access to and your medication and all that kind of stuff just because they've got everyone's fingerprints. And then you can start framing people for things they don't... I don't like it.
2: Yeah. Don't like it, Alan. (laughs) No, I I can see that is a a real problem. And I think it's a really valid... uh, I mean, I think two things. One, you've probably read too much dystopian fiction...
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's
1: lighten the mood.
2: Should we play mine first this week? Yeah. Well, we were listening in the car to Dusty Springfield, were we not? and i was telling you that dusty springfield you know we think of her as a great soulful singer uh, she was actually in a, a folk country band before she was um, before she was famous as a soulful singer in the 60s and i thought you might like a sample of the sort of thing that she did so this yeah. was uh, dusty springfield back before she was dusty just slightly more than 20 seconds for review purposes Uh, that was the Springfields and their big hit they did a couple of hits uh, in 1961 so way before uh, it's pre-Beatles pop you know I'm Mm -hmm. a bit of a lover of pre-Beatles pop Uh, she do you want to know what her real name is wasn't Dusty Springfield go on her real name is Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien.
1: Oh my gosh, how and many names was, does she want? And
2: she was a Catholic. Can you believe that?
1: Oh, shocker.
2: Shocker. She um, sounds so
1: American on that song. Yeah, well,
2: I think it was sort of like an American folk, sort of country yeah. folk. The thing about Dusty is that um, she was quite tortured. after She made this great album, Dusty in Memphis, 1969. People thought she was black because she was recording proper soulful stuff in Memphis. Yeah. But after that, she disappeared for about... 10 12 years she Mm -hmm. was in a haze of drugs and alcohol she went to live in america uh until she was rediscovered by the pet shop boys but there she was i thought i'd just play that for you because the the idea is i introduce you to stuff and that was dusty springfield before she was dusty she was her brother was in the band with her as well sounds like you're making a
1: biopic about her dusty before she was dusty
2: yeah she had a lot of very bad, quite abusive relationships with uh, with other women. You know, really? Yeah, on her behalf. Like
1: abu- oh, she, she abused other she, women.
2: Well, sort of abused them by throwing crockery at them. She was a great crockery. like physically
1: thrower. abused them. Yeah,
2: physically throwing, uh, she was forever throwing crockery around. When you read any story, it was everything culminates in her throwing a tea service at somebody. So that's so, mine, that's Dusty uh, You're introducing me to something, tell me about this
1: I'm introducing you to Brockhampton Right Who are a um, boy band But not, you, they call themselves kind of like Well, I've heard other people call them kind of anti-boy band
2: anti but should we have a listen then?
1: Yeah My hands up,
2: I let go My mouth is getting cold I know they come and go La, 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 la
0: is stuck on froze Places that I can't go niggas
1: that I don't know La 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 My hands up, I let go My mouth is
2: getting cold I know they come and go La 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 See, to me, Brockhampton is a town in the Cotswolds. You know, I can imagine the Brockhampton County Fair.
1: Surprisingly, uh- they're not from the Cotswolds Adam,
2: Brockhampton isn't a town in the Cotswolds It sounds like it should be So that was But it's only one guy on the on the video
1: No, no, it's not Dad Ah, uh, the
2: bit that There's I There's a whole saw. bunch of them Right You I must have just saw.
1: watched a bit of the video Well, I
2: saw that bit where it was the guy, just a black guy, sort of rapping. Are they they all black?
1: Yeah, yeah, they're they're a black boy band. Is that
2: just pop, or would you describe it as...
1: No, I kind of describe it in that rap, pop area. That was the song 1999, Wildfire. Yes, it was. um, Which is not their most popular song at all, and it's probably not their best song either. Um, Their more popular song is a song called Bleach, which has got like 28 million... Downloads on Spotify and stuff, but anyway, that one is brand new. It was released on July 7th, 2018, so that's fresh for you. Um, and fresh, it's,
2: ladies and gentlemen. Although this podcast does have to last people two weeks,
1: yeah, so, so it won't be so fresh. And all those songs will be on our Spotify, which you can type into Spotify, Ruthie, me, and my dad, to get the playlist, or just Martin and Ruth, and that'll bring you to our account and then the playlist. <laughs>
2: wait no longer uh, love island fans uh what's been going on I, the other night i was uh, struck by the way you you'd been watching i was sitting in the kitchen you'd been in the living room watching love island and you came out and you said that was great television
1: it is good tv i didn't say television though. tv
2: all right you said that is great tv you
1: it know, is good tv like if you did watch it I don't think anyone can disagree with the fact that it's good TV. What, it's what so entertaining. Is, is,
2: what was so entertaining and about the one you well watched the other night? it's well edited as well. All right. What was it so entertaining so, about the one you watched the other night?
1: I've turned on Georgia.
2: I know you hate Georgia. I
1: hate Georgia now. No, but I, in the last podcast, I'm pretty sure I was singing Georgia's praises, and now I'm. Will I do because I, I'm I almost? I almost so. like Megan.
2: So, what, come on, what, so what's wrong with what's um, you done, so Georgia?
1: Charlie and Ellie were dumped from the island, and then georgia and sam and wes and megan were stood there because they were the three couples with the lowest amount of votes and caroline flack went so charlie and ellie have left but you're not safe yet and then um the other couples had to choose which of the two couples that they saw that would go the distance in their relationship and have the best most strongest relationship most strong strongest <laughs> relationship and um and so they chose Wes and Megan and then Caroline Flack says but Sam and Georgia you don't have to leave. I'm trying to do Caroline Flack but I don't even know what she sounds like Um, and (laughs) Sam and Georgia could either stay together but would have to leave Love Island or could separate and not be in a couple anymore and they wouldn't be able to recouple in the next recoupling but they would get to stay in the Love Island villa. Wow. So they chose to stay in the Love Island villa and then everyone was like Georgia, Sam, you've completely fake you say and georgia you say how loyal you are she, and she's always like i'm loyal babes i'm loyal she's
2: always saying loyal isn't but she? she's yeah loyal. did yeah.
1: you see all the things where she was like i was made in the loyal navy and like her face on like a chicken royale but they changed it to chicken loyal,
2: loyal. right so it's, she keeps saying yeah, she's yeah. loyal and there are lots of and memes then everyone being there.
1: like you're not loyal babes
2: yeah so she's in the it's funny loyal navy. yeah i can see it. that's a, that's a picture really isn't it
1: yeah, I mean there was a one I was there was one that was like said my first word at one, started chatting shit at seven, Tracy beacon mad by eleven, loyal at sixteen, eighteen, I worked nights at a bar, but then I stopped pouring shots and started my pushing myself. I was born in England, but I was made in the Loyal Navy. That's that's all really.
2: Um, let's move on. And see if anything's happening with the Kardashians. It's been Nothing,
1: some, nothing again. Are they out of the Slow l- News? No, I mean there is a couple of things. So Kim Kardashian has shared a video showing her sprawled on a sun lounge in a white bikini to promote her fruity new perfume line.
2: Right. She's got a fruity new go. what's it called? Her fruity new perfume line.
1: Don't know, it didn't say.
2: Okay, fair enough.
1: Um Courtney, who we don't often talk about really. No. Courtney Kardashian. Is frustrated with boyfriend drama over sexy pictures but vows not to stop. Kourtney Kardashian is reportedly frustrated with her boyfriend after he raised eyebrows with his Instagram comment bringing down her sexy holiday pictures. The model, 25, appeared to throw shade at his long-term girlfriend, Kourtney, with his comment, That's what you need to show to get likes.
2: That is very, very dull, uh, Kardashian-wise. And Kourtney Kardashian, does she spell Kourtney just like with a C?
1: No, with a K. Obviously, Ah, they've all got K names. I know. Kylie, Courtney, Kendall, Chloe, Kim. Courtney doesn't look
2: right with a K. I was thinking. um,
1: Dad, I really don't think Courtney Kardashian cares.
2: Who's your favourite Courtney? It would be Courtney Cox.
1: Arquette.
2: Yeah. Does she call herself Courtney Cox Arquette?
1: It changes in one of the episodes of Friends.
2: Ah, really?
1: And then all the other people on Friends have Arquette put at the end of their name. And it's funny. So it's like Matthew Perry Arquette.
2: Courtney Pine? I don't know who that is. He's a saxophonist. Oh, he? He's a jazz musician, yeah. A man, Courtney. Courtney. Yes, he is. And every I used to play him a lot when I was on Jazz FM. And I always used to say, that's Courtney Pine. I said, we had all our kitchen done out in Courtney Pine. It's uh, very, very classic. Um, Hilarious. The, thank you. And there are other Courtneys as well. I'm trying to think of. <laughs> uh, there are This is
1: just scintillating.
2: Sorry, who was the girlfriend of uh, Kirk Cobain? Courtney Love?
1: Don't know who that is either. Uh, I know who Kirk is, obviously.
2: Well, Courtney Love was his girlfriend. So they are. This
1: is Sir so Barry. Do
2: you think so? Yeah. Three Courtneys. Well, this will be the bit that gets cut out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this is a meme of the week, but it's not only a meme of the week, it's a bagel related meme of the week.
1: It's bagel there. It's It's not bagel day today. No, I don't know when bagel day is. Anyway, um, it's every
2: day for you. You like a bagel for your breakfast. People sometimes you quite a lot though, don't you?
1: Only when I'm off school. I don't really have a bagel Uh, when I'm at school.
2: Sometimes you do if you get if you if you've got plenty of time. If I've
1: got yeah, but I don't usually. Sometimes. Wednesdays. Yeah. So it's in brackets after I cut a bagel. Would you like the side that is somehow three times larger than the original bagel, or the side that is the first object ever to have only two dimensions?
2: That I can I can identify that because it is hard to cut a bagel. it's so get, hard.
1: And why is it so hard?
2: I don't know, but it's, it's because you it's,
1: have to have it flat. Yeah. Is that a cross cut that's difficult?
2: It's very difficult to uh, to get a bagel exactly right. Yeah.
1: And I've also tried the technique of sort of cutting it halfway and then changing the knife to the other the bagel to mm. the other side and then cutting it, but then you end up with a a wavy bagel, yeah. a wave go.
2: A wave goal. well it's almost time for us to say let's sack it off uh which i'm afraid you're gonna have to stick with i don't Ma- even
1: like it i said it one time mark
2: Cam- yeah i know but then we did get mail about it uh mark campbell says uh, he's told me about the alan partridge thing where it's you're not wrong um he's told us about that so he says it looks like you're gonna have to stick with sack it off and hugh says he thinks we're bickering more lately he's, he thinks i'm taking a bit of a firmer line with you but i think he, he might be right because sometimes you know I, I will accept you just uh, demeaning me but sometimes I, I fight back
1: sometimes you demean me
2: but right now it is time to say goodbye no you know what it is if you, you started it it's your catch no it's
1: not my catchphrase it's time to sack it all
0: it certainly is